Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster who's staring at a moving blanket, because that's what I have in the walls of my climbing closet. It's also time for sleep with me. Uh, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep. Uh, well, it's good, because it's time for sleep with me, as I said. And, you know, we are the podcast that puts you to sleep, and we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed. Turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can sit aside whatever's been keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, emotions, uh, noise, uh, seasonal stuff, uh, weather, travel, whatever it is. It could be any of those things. It could be none of those things. What I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep dark night I'm going to use creaky, dulcet tones, uh, slow, so slow, slow, pointless meanders. I'm, I'm going to use moving blankets that won't be moving. They'll be stable blankets. They're, sta- they're stable blankets. No, no, they're not that kind of, uh, Wait a second. That's a good question. Maybe we could come back to that. I'm going to use a variety of techniques. And what I'm going to do is that the safe place, what I mean by that is it's a place where you could you could lay down, uh, preferably you're already laying down, where you're, you're treated with dignity and respect, your boundaries, you're within comfortable boundaries, and there's no, at least from this podcast, there's no expectation and no pressure. You're not under any pressure or expectation to listen or to fall asleep. I'll be here an hour. And I'll be taking my time going, you know, be going somewhere, but it'll be like, is he going anywhere or not? Uh, but you can listen for a while. I'll be, you know, I'll be doing my best to entertain that 33% of your brain that won't, you know, won't, won't stop chattering or, you know, distract you from whatever that, you know, neighbor's doing with the saw again. You say, what time of night is it? What is it? What are they doing with that saw over there? Is it a vacuum? Is that some sort of new high powered vacuum cleaner? Uh, you, this 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 podcast also you you wouldn't know, but I just had to pause it while my neighbor fl- like was uh, running the water upstairs, and I forgot what I was talking about. This is a podcast about you take your mind off of stuff so you can drift off. I'll be here for an hour. You don't gotta listen. Ideally, this podcast brings a little bit of lightness and uh, uh, levity. Not brevity, holy moly, that's not what I'm known for. To, but levity and uh, whatever that other thing I said was to, to bedtime. Where for me it could get so serious, you'd, I would dread going to bed, and then I would be aware of every passing second. Where this one, you know, if you're listening, ideally I'm carrying you away on my wings of pointlessness or on a river of meanders. Or, you know, trying to make a meta, like, so to, this podcast tonight will be, like, normally the setup is we have the business part at the top that takes about four or five minutes. Then about a 12-minute intro where I ramble and try to make a metaphor about the podcast. That's like a, a good proportion of our audience falls asleep there. And then we'll be just talking about wrapping up the, this uh, first season of Nuns in Space. Uh, but you might have heard me, I, you know, if you're new here, you might not know where I, rec- I record this podcast in, a, in my uh, one-bedroom apartment in the East Bay of Northern California. 
uh, in what I lovingly refer to as a climbing closet, because it's like not a walk-in closet. But I guess you could press your, you could be a press-in closet. You press yourself against the wall, and you can get around the clothes, and then I've cleared out the back of the closet. Just room for a little Ikea office chair. Uh, upside down boom arm with the mic on it and a recorder and on the floor is a desk a desk lamp also from ikea and a couple other things but not that important that's the climbing closet but on the walls and actually even hanging above my head are uh, moving blankets which i wonder about they say i'm calling them moving blankets but they're not moving like you could use them when you're moving uh, is that a, like, is there, is, isn't moving a verb? Movers, that's, uh, is moving ever been, other than moving blankets, m- moving, moving blankets, moving, is there any other noun, moving nouns? You know, because usually used it like, uh, Bob Marley uses it moving and grooving. Uh, no way is that. I don't know. I already lost it, and an ear, uh, an anti-earworm come up there. Oh yeah, Lord, I gotta keep moving. And then there's moving, and there's grooving. You know, there's just move, get a move on. Those are verbs, right? I mean, am I right? Can, can, can I get a gram, grammarian? Can I get a gram, gram? What, what? Uh, move. So I'm surrounded by moving blankets. That's what I'm saying, and that's usually it. Deadens the sound. Try to keep out the sounds of my neighbors. It, it doesn't really keep sounds out. Uh, but, you know, it just makes it, and it, it helps me. It makes me feel like, I feel like a package, you know, moving to the new house. It could, that could actually be happening. I say, well, they box scoot up and they just move him from location to location until his drone, you know, because his droning has a, it gets through the walls and the neighbors, they complain. Uh, speaking of neighbors, here's a little fact. So I have uh, one, two, three, four neighbors currently. I had five. I had a lovely uh, young man named Elliot, but he moved. He went to go back to school back in Wisconsin. Uh, but I, so I have, but I don't believe any of my, I think I've told one or two neighbors about the podcast, but I think they pro- they looked at me like with the same disbelief that your neighbors look at you when you tell them about the podcast. And then I said to myself, Drew, never speak of that again. And I said, done. So I'm not sure if any of my neighbors ever can hear me. Like, I mean, I talked to myself that this is this won't be a surprise all the time anyway. In fact, I just got home from Trader Joe's where I like to sing, especially in the holidays. Uh, uh, pack your golden age from allure. Uh, gather near to us. Uh, you know, in the, you know, I'm, I'm singing about the aisles I'm in. Uh, so, but I don't know if any of my neighbors actually know about the podcast. So then they say, I mean, because it's not like it, I wouldn't say something strange anyway. They say, was he... Did he say he's a Mata Aster? He said, that's right. Yeah, don't f- forget about it. I said anything about a podcast. I'm a Mata Ass. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm a Mata Aster. And, they, you know, they just say, that's very nice, Drew. Great. And actually, they're, they're really nice people. I'm just, you know, I'm the awkward one. And I try not to, you know, I try not to let that affect. So... 
But so I was just wondering, I wonder if anyone was, is he talking to himself or is it, did he leave the TV on or in, is he in the closet talking? And is he, is he with a, does he have a frog in his mouth? What is going on down there? Now, ideally, these are problems you'll have because you'll be listening to the podcast so much your neighbors will wonder, they say, who was that last night? You know, your neighbor, your your Lane or whatever, the nosy neighbor, the judgmental one. She'll say, Maud, was there a man in your apartment last night? And you say, actually, there was. There was. There was. Uh, did he, does, does he have creaky dulcet tones? No, 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 that was another man. He lives in a speaker. He's the brain-bot entertainer of the year. And my boyfriend, boyfriend, uh, you know, so I had my, my gentleman caller and my boyfriend, but my gentleman caller was already asleep. So I put my boyfriend on and he just rambles on through the night to me, creaky dulcet tones and all. And then she could pick her jaw up off the floor and he'd say, good night, Maud. If you have trouble sleeping, you you know, my boyfriend, he goes wherever you wish, you know. I don't know. Are people still judgmental like that? They'd say, or friend. And he'd say, but, but I mean, yeah, we'd say, what are you going to lose? Maud, come on in. Was that it? Was it? You know, I'm a Maud Aster, by the way, Maud. You know those how those Asters used to be? I traveled back in time. I brought the Maud movement. Well, actually, I had to go figure out what Maud is on Wikipedia. Then I traveled to the Maud era, whenever that was, uh, London. 19, whenever, observed it. Uh, then I traveled 10 years earlier so I could buy the clothes at a discount. Uh, then I traveled to the, you know, the, the great, the Gilded Age, Asters, maybe, I don't know, mod. And, uh, you know, I brought the mod. I said, they said, who are you? Are you a friend of Jacob's? And I'd say, no, 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 I'm the mod, Aster. The one no one talks about till now. They say, well, what are you wearing? I say, the the style of the day. Tomorrow's the day. This will be the style. And a lot of times, you know, Maud might say, what is he talking about? And I say, you know, I'm just rambling. I'm I'm, I'm your boyfriend. I'm her boyfriend. I can be yours, too. You know, it's no pressure or friendship, uh, Totally no strings attached, no, no expectation to listen, no expectation to sleep. Uh, but yeah, I'm your boyfriend, I'm here to take your mind off stuff, I'm going to use the wall, you know, all that stuff. Send my voice across the deep, dark night, Maud. One, one Maud asked her to another, and she'd say, I, I knew you knew my secret. And I said, I did. We can get in my time machine and we can head back and confuse the asters together. It'll be just, it'll be like Harold and Maud, you know, but Maud Asters. And then she'll say, what? Who's Harold and Maud? And they say, it doesn't matter, but we'll, we're going to have a great time. So this podcast is a bit ridiculous. At times, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I indulge myself because I say, we'll just make it lulling and soothing, you know, observe stuff and go slow. Uh, because I'm glad you're here. If you're new, give it a couple tries. It doesn't work for everybody. Uh, but this podcast is well-intentioned. The reason I started it, because I said, why aren't there any grown-up bedtime stories? Uh, because I've been there, lying there, unable to sleep. And I said, I think I could make something that, you know, has enough uh, adults in there to put some grown-ups to sleep. 
So I'm glad you're here. I appreciate your time. I really hope and I really yearn I can help you fall asleep. All right. All right. So, hey, everybody, this is uh, like one of these episodes where we kind of talk about story and the podcast in general, kind of have a, like a wrap up of uh, nuns in space and talk about writing process and stuff. So I think for most people who work and for those of you that are interested in the stuff, you can always listen during the day, but I'll try to keep it droning and I'm not going to be working off any notes. So that should make it sure for extra, uh, for extra, um, what do you call it? You know, extra walls. So when we talk and let's see, what will we go through here? Kind of like a general wrap up of nuns in space. And then uh, maybe talk about what I'm working on next, and maybe just some general stuff. Actually, some general writing stuff too will be in here, uh, just about my changes in my routine and stuff. Um, so, okay, so Nuns in Space, we, we stopped at 19 episodes, and uh, this was kind of the first episodic series, as I thought it used to. I, it, when I first started making it, I thought it was called a procedural, but uh, luckily I have listeners that are, you know, that said, no, it's episodic, which makes sense. And w- so let's just get to, like, why did we stab it at 19? Actually, I was surprised we made it to 19 episodes. Like, I was like, holy cow, we're on episode 19 because of the episodic thing. And because of the tra- chugging train-like nature of the podcast, uh, I guess I wasn't really realizing how many episodes we had made. Uh, like, I mean, I realized I put them out every week, but I'm also recording and writing them. And just when you're having to churn that out every week, you just, especially when you get into a zone, you're just like, every week I got to rec- write and record a nuns in space. And it actually becomes re- reassuring in some sense, because now I'm in the opposite place where... I'm just starting up the new writing routine of what we're going to do next. And it's kind of like a, it's, it's, it's more, it's frightening in, in a little bit because you're back in the unknown. Uh, but also I could have kept going and I think some part of my gut said, okay, we're at 19, like right around 18, 19. I said, okay, let's not let this get stale here. And, you know, let's not let this get easy. I don't want things to be easy on the podcast or I think like uh, that's when I think it becomes where it could drift into too boring or too. I I don't know. It's just what I like about making the show is it's very challenging. And not that it become easy because it wasn't like it took me any less time to make each week. It just was like I think it was like less. I guess like my default, I've talked about this as a general character flaw I have or challenge, if you want to put a positive spin on it, uh, that there's a big part of me that's always in an unhealthy way, uh, and I guess probably a healthy way too, like seeking out total certainty. And so I didn't want to seek certainty through, which be like, okay, well, this is working. Let's not mix it up. Let's mix it up while it's working. I don't know. Just part of my gut, which the same gut that told me to start making a silly podcast, uh, just said, huh, I think, and I was saying, no, believe me, like right around, right at, right at 18, it said, I think we need to start something new. And I said, well, I don't have a clear beat on the new thing. That's why I'm trying to buy time. And my gut said, well, I think we should wrap it up with episode 18. And I said, well, I don't have anything to start writing. I'm not, I don't have certainty. And my gut said, well, and then I said, well, I'm not sure. I think I have an episode 19 in me. 
Just because I hate, like, I don't know. So, uh, but I still, then it went into a debate of like, okay, do I take two weeks off of like, like, um, like just take two weeks off to write and probe and discover something new, or I had a general idea of what I was going to do next, uh, but I didn't have a, it wasn't certain. Do I just start writing? Or do I take a week off? And I think I probably took four days off. And they said, no, we get like, this is like what is working is not taking time off. Uh, I mean, and don't get that mixed up with like a perfectionist side versus a, a rigor side. These are gray areas. But it's not like I was like, oh, I need to take two weeks off because I'm tired or drained. It, it was like, I need to take two weeks off because I'm scared and I want to. Uh, not clarity, certainty. Like, it would be one thing if I was like, well, I just want to take two weeks off to get some clarity about what I'm going to write next. Uh, I think that's an acceptable thing. I mean, you also have to adjust to, well, how this train runs on a schedule. How are you going to do that? And those kind of things. So, I don't know. I, my, my gut said, well, let's just start writing the next thing and we'll figure it out as we go which kind of falls into this huge positive discovery we made with, or I, we made, or I made, or whatever, of like uh, testing out this idea of episodic series versus serial series. And what kind of led me to do episodic one is the feedback I've gotten, and I keep try to keep good track, and we do surveys, and I get emails, and Twitter, and Facebook, and while I don't spreadsheet all the feedback and I can't take, I can't overweigh certain feedback, there was, a, uh, when I was watching the feedback, I said, oh, well, there may be these uh, serial seasons for new people or people that fall asleep. It kind of creates this intimidation factor. Oh, well, I can't start it on episode five because I won't, even though I'll be asleep, I won't know where it is. Or, oh, I fell asleep during episode five and now episode six out, so maybe I just shouldn't listen at all. And I don't want to, I want people to feel secure and say, okay, well, I'll just get, give this uh, episode a listen uh, without having w like overthink it or worry about, like, like I want the, the whole goal of the podcast to say, okay, put it on and I'm going to go to sleep, like, uh, without any hassle. So, I guess like the low friction idea was, okay, an episodic series will have lower friction because people can get on and get out whenever they want. And if they miss an episode, uh, they won't, uh, they, they won't have a need to say, well, you got to listen to the other ones. But if, if there are completists, they can listen in order or actually as 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 the as the season went on, it was like okay, you could kind of listen in uh, out of order. I could have almost shuffled the episodes uh, for the most part. I mean, in the first four, I think, or the first three are are serialized more or less. But uh, uh, that was kind of important to kind of get the concept out and and everything. So, I, I don't know, finding the episodic thing was a huge benefit for that, uh, for, for saying, okay, this is more welcoming to listeners, whether new listeners or long-time listeners. Uh, so, pass that test. Then the test, too, is, is it sustainable? Like, can it be done week after week after week after week? And when I first decided to do it, it was like, well, I don't know. Is it sustainable? 
And I think, as I said, it, it, it kind of proved that it was sustainable because, and this isn't a guilt thing, it, it takes an incredible, incredible amount of effort to just to put out one podcast episode a week. Uh, so to put out three, like, that's like one of the most important lenses after, okay, is this accessible to listeners? Will this be good content to put listeners to sleep? And now with the experience of like almost 500 episodes, I can say, and within my experience, does this work uh, in the context of the podcast? So that's test one. Then just as important as test two, is it sustainable? Is anything I do within the podcast, can it be, it's not really repeated, but can it be placed and in, in, in done week after week after week? Because uh, I can tell you, after like week or one or week two, it's fine. But once you get into those 10, 7, 8, 9, 10, you, you, like the desert, uh, like repeating things, it becomes a, it, it, it's just an important question to ask. And the episodic thing fit that to, to, to a T. And then I guess three is like, is in this kind of is like a part of related to is it sustainable? Is it creatively challenging? I think is it creatively fulfilling would be another question, but is it creatively challenging in a positive way and like not a like that it's hard and uncomfortable and a little bit painful, I would say, but not in a negative way. Um, I don't know how else to describe it, but in, in that because I guess one concern with the episodic thing is like, well, I like the challenge, even though I've felt like it's been too big a challenge, and and that's maybe something we'll talk about, but like of like uh, having a serial story and having an arc and, and stuff like that, like an overarching, overarching arc, overarching like of the season and maybe some story resolution. And is that part of what's what was sustainable? These were questions I was asking before. Like, is the serialness of it driving the story and making it easy to keep telling it over time? Because, again, it's like, well, am I going to be able to keep this up every week? I mean, because I guess we just did uh, Nuns in Space for a third of a year, 19 weeks. This will be week 20. That's more than it. So think about, like, uh, a third of your year at work. Um, you know, so so... But but I guess, so was it creatively challenging in a good way? And I'd say yes. And it actually made me, like, my fear of, like, it, like the the challenge of making the episode self-contained in and of itself and the different ways I was playing with story structure and then not having to worry about the overarching narrative. Like, some of the nice things about episodic series for the audience and the creator is, okay, it kind of goes back to where it started in Nuns in Space. We're still on a ship in search of the Natchez following delusion. And actually, like, uh, I mean, I guess this is unfortunate, if I, but it, like making a sleep podcast, it's not that essential as like, I mean, there is, I guess, some part of me that feels torn. Like, am I not, and this is with everything I make, is like, Am I not living up to the potential of these characters or this story? Am I letting, am I disappointing these characters or am I disappointing the story? I don't know. That might be the creative fulfillment question. And, and I mean, sometimes I have to say, well, that's not my job uh, as Scooter. As a, like, that might be what Drew wants, but as Scooter... You know, my job is to, to pass those other tests. And also, Drew, I want to make sure it's... Uh, 
creatively satisfying for you and challenging. Or maybe this is Drew with Scooter because it's like, but we also have this time management thing where the episodes have like, so sometimes sustainability trumps your creative satisfaction. And how much of that is like a reality thing and how much of it is just a, a desire that like an ambition that's pushing you in a good way that it shouldn't be satisfied and how much of it is just reality or versus perfectionism. It's like, okay, well, that's good that you're creating stories and characters that you feel like you can't, that have a greater potential than you can fulfill uh, versus being like, well, I'm overperforming my story or something. And I don't know. And, And then, fitting it into the sleep context would be like, well, is that an unfair burden? Like uh, your ambition. I never want my ambition to get away in, in the way of the context of the, the podcast. I think the great thing about the podcast is there's a system of checks and balances naturally because the fact that it has to come out every week and be sustainable uh, curbs perfectionism and, and, and like that kind of perfectionist ambition. Uh, but so I guess what was my, uh, well, I guess as you'll find out, but overall judgment creatively on the episodic thing was that it was challenging in a great way. I really enjoyed it. I really found it relieving in some sense to start every week anew. And I, I felt like, okay, this is like, we're still getting there. I think maybe this next one, I won't even number the episodes. Uh, so that'll make it even more accessible to all listeners that may fall asleep and enjoy falling asleep to the the next thing. Uh, but yeah, I guess I was ha- very happy with the episodic thing, and almost in some sense, I'm like, huh, this does fit, and I don't have time uh, to plot out entire seasons. It's just a r- reality. Like, uh, I barely have time to make the podcast and and keep up with the administrative side. And that I don't think that's going to change. I mean, the chunk of time the podcast occupies, uh, even as was, I find ways to delegate stuff and create partnerships, and uh, like the podcast is still going to take up, a, a, like just just I don't know. It's like un, unfair. It's like okay, well, if you want to do something like that, maybe do it outside the podcast as a hobby. So, so I guess my thing is there's thumbs up on the episodic series. Um, I guess next we'll talk about like the process side because I know a lot of listeners uh, like they say those of you that may be awake and listening, uh, hearing about the process, and also hearing about some of my routine, uh, the process rooted in a routine, how my routines are changing. Uh, just like unexpectedly. Um, uh, but so what was new about the process other than that the series was episodic, as I talked about before, or maybe during the season, I was testing out Dan Harmon's uh, story embryos, uh, story circle kind of structuring as a model. So that was one thing. The second thing was I was kind of trying, so I write on a seven-day schedule. Uh, ideally, because if I fall off that seven-day schedule, you have a cascading effect, a domino effect. So, and the only reason I would fall off that schedule, I mean, if it was something unexpected, uh, that, that would be fine. I could adjust. But if it, if I fall off that seven-day writing schedule because of procrastination 
or creative perfectionism, that's a, that's a problem. It, it creates impossibility to stay sustainable. Uh, but I did change around my seven-day writing process slightly. So, yeah, to create day one of a much more, and I think this is part of the story embryo idea that kind of Dan set forth, but then in a different way of approaching it in my own way, was day one of the writing process, I would just, uh, wouldn't be writing. I would be, I would do some reading. And we'll kind of talk about my recommendations for re- what kind of reading, but reading, uh, like, to kind of create, uh, to, like, usually my day one of my writing process would be straight blue sky. Be like, okay, what's happening in the next episode? Because if it was a serial, it's like, where do we need to start? Where do we need to finish? Uh, but the episodic one, you're starting with, the, the, you're saying, okay, I know where we're starting. We're starting on a spaceship with the nuns from my childhood, following trails of delusion in search of the Niches. So, okay, so where are we starting? What is the conflict? Or in the situation with Dan's story structure, Dan Harmon's story structure, you say, you need. So what is the need? We kind of know the you, but then it's like, okay, what are the current circumstances of the you? And then what is the need? And then when you look at what what is the character's need, it's like, okay, who's like, then it's like, then you start to, if you get stuck, you say, okay, well, who's like, uh, what are the obstacles or what's the conflict? Who's creating problem? You know, who has what, who wants what, I guess is a, um, okay. But I was talking about schedule wise. So, so day one now for, for nuns in space, almost every day one was spent Doing some reading, taking notes, the, the reading that would be directed to the episode or um, help me uncover. Uh, well, well, let me let me just let talk about this because it's it, may, it might be more confusing than it needs to be. And I'm not going to tell you what book I, I was reading because, uh, and I don't know, I, I guess if you really studied the notes, maybe you could figure it out if you're like a patron because that's where I post my show notes. I think at like 10 bucks and up, but, um, I'll tell you, you could take in, and I was talking about this at the meetup at the Dickens fair is like, uh, we were talking about the Enneagram or sometimes I joke about the DS, uh, what's it really called? They always call it the DSVM, but it's the DSMIV, I think, or something, DSVM4, whatever it's called, uh, or the Myers-Briggs test, but I, I would recommend and so this situation will be faux because I'm not going to tell you the books I'm reading. You should just randomly pick like a book, like either a self-help book or a personality test type book. Those might be a little bit too dry. Well, let's just say a self-help book. Um, let's just take a good one that a lot of people are reading and that it's on my list to read, not for, for but it's a Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert's book. I think that's what that's called. Let's just pretend I opened season. Uh, the, the, let's just pretend that was a book I used with nuns in space. I didn't, and I haven't read that book, but I, it is on my list, uh, and I hope it's called Big Magic. But let's just say. So what do I what do I mean is that, and I think that one's broken into like kind of micro chapters because I've looked at it, but I haven't read it. Well, let's just say there's 19 chapters in that book, because that would be easy for this example. Each episode on the first day of writing, I would read chapter one. 
But as I was reading it, I'd be taking notes and saying, uh, always like with the idea of or that I'm writing in nuns and episodes, uh, like, okay, like what character would be reading this chapter or what antagonist would be reading this chapter? That's what I was mostly using is like, okay, because especially with this one, because it's like Elizabeth Gilbert is trying to empower people. I would much prefer to empower my antagonists because then your protagonist has to like do like especially if if Elizabeth Gilbert is uh, empowering your antagonist with big magic, then your your main character or your all your characters are they're going to come have to come up with some better uh, to get to the end of the the episode if they have to you know go against Elizabeth Gilbert and big magic that's going to be tough. So almost like taking like something like in the self-help or inspiration or anything or spirituality, whatever it is, and saying, huh, especially I think like sometimes you could use it for character development, but also this is like antagonist development say, okay, or, you know, or just a conflict like, okay, well, this is like a conflict resolution idea in this chapter just to get, like, I guess I don't want to use it. Th- I guess that would be the theme of the episode. Or as Dan kind of t- talks about it in his, like, his story embryo thing of, like, uh, the top half of the circle and the bottom half and then the four quadrants or, like, uh, the conscious and subconscious levels. So that's what I would spend day one doing. And ideally by the end of day one, my percolation process would either be going on and be like, okay, well, I have some ideas or I, like sometimes you read like, like four paragraphs and you say, oh boy. I mean like that one, it's like, oh wait, you're telling me the antagonist has big magic. Okay. I can, I can work with that. And then, cause it, let's just say I didn't read the book, which I didn't. You say, okay. So the antagonist has big magic. What does that mean? And th- that's good because then you have another question to kind of an- try to answer. Then you're not going to get uh, uh, creatively blocked. Or, I mean, maybe I'll still procrastinate or mostly my thought, you know, I'll just tune into another thought, you know, of worrying or something instead of procrastinating. But, you know, that'll keep you from getting, so you, you, you have to answer, okay, so what is big magic? That's a question you have to answer. So how are you? I mean, you can choose to procrastinate, but if you're going to answer that question, you know, you can just start writing and say, okay, well, what does big magic mean in this situation? And then kind of going with Dan, it says, okay, well, what's the next charge? Okay, well, which, well, maybe one of the nuns doesn't like magic. And I say, okay. And then I would think, okay, well, you know what? This reminds me of a Phoebe Judge who makes, one of the people who makes criminal and I saw them live, and I know Phoebe's interested in magic, and it's just the most charming thing. And then the fact that Lauren, the producer on Criminal, like Phoebe practices all her when she's practicing, so then kind of Lauren's had enough. She's like, I'm over Phoebe and the magic. And then Phoebe was kind of talking about being discriminated by magic shops because, like, who's this person coming in here? And all these old school awkward magicians, and they'd be like, "Okay, well, maybe there's some undertones of misogyny in there." And if you're writing all this down, you say, "Okay, so what do we got now?" So we got Phoebe Judge and discrimination by awkward male magicians. We got a nun that doesn't like magic. 
and we have an antagonist with big magic and they say, okay, well that's, uh, and this could be day two of my writing process, but I would still be looking for these positive and negative charges. So we wouldn't be there yet. And you can look, kind of listen to that other episode where I was talking about using Dan Harmon's story structure for feeling nothing. But, but I mean, that's juicy so far. So it's like, okay. I mean, so I say, okay, I want to say character doesn't like magic. So then you could say like magic's good. Okay. So magic's bad in the hands, but you don't like magic. So acceptance of magic versus rejection of magic. Or you could play with Phoebe Judge and saying rejected by like uh, awkward male magicians versus empowering herself through magic. And then you say, well, geez, who should be, well, who could be the antagonist there? Would it be Phoebe Judge or would it be these male magicians and magic? And they say, okay, space station, that's a magic shop. And it's called Big Magic. Look, I could, I could, we could be doing episode 20 right now. This is not so. And you say, okay, Big Magic Station, Scooter would like that. And then we need, but we, then it's like, okay, we need the Big Magic trick maybe to get something. And you say, okay, now we're getting there. So then at that point, this would be maybe day three, where I would already start be starting to feel nervous because it'd be like, okay, the day three, and we still don't have anything written. Uh, but at some point, I would start using, like, now I have this alternative, alternating thing I do, uh, where I used to just do one thing. So, uh, like, uh, like I'll go through Dan's story structure. It's like eight points. And again, if you're first listening to this or whatever, you know, you don't lean, you don't need to lean on, like, this isn't fundamentalism, uh, story structure. Uh, it's, you know, this is like finding the, the, the bones for the puppet or whatever, but Dan's structure goes, you need, you need to go search the search. You need go search, find, take, return. Is that eight? You need go search, find, take, return. That looks like it's only seven points. Oh, I forgot about find. You need to go search, find, take, or maybe discover. I don't know. I'm not good at I'm not good at memory. Is this a memory test? Uh, but whatever. I, I holy, I can't believe I'm recording this. But whatever. So I try to like plot it out on the circle. Just, just this is what I've been doing for these 19 episodes. And I'll see how far I can make it. I say, okay, like ideally I have a little bit more of a charge so I can say, okay, this is about anti-magic versus pro-magic and misogyny versus empowering women or something. And this wouldn't, like this ideally would only work its way into the episode in subtext, you know, so it stays sleepy, which is kind of hard to, can't you use subtext when you're talking? So hopefully this doesn't wake anybody up using those words, but. So then you say, okay, so this is where it starts. And then I would start plotting it out. You need go search, find, take, you know. And I'd see if I make it to the end. Uh, oh, change, that's the last one. Take, return, change. How to forget that, that's eight. You know, start plotting it out and see where, if I can make it to eight. Even if it's, and you can try different ways. You can say, okay, these are the events of this episode. This is this just this character's needs. You can be super on the nose. This is just, uh, 
outlining. This is just writing. I mean, just this morning I was writing and I said, okay, I was stuck. And I said, okay, let's just go through. You need, let's just be on the nose about this character's emotional, like just totally, you know, like, uh, this character's this passive aggressive and then this, and then this, uh, cause this is just a tool to help you again. This isn't like anything. So usually I would do a circle, then I would look over a circle and if it's day three, I'm not going to be feeling good. And then usually the circles, those of you that have seen my notes, they can be like, sometimes they don't make it to eight. Sometimes I'm like taking, like add building onto the circle. So then it just looks like a ton of, you know, notes everywhere. And let's say I did that for day three, then day four, I would start to bullet point it. So then I'd look at the circle and I'd rewrite it in a, a list and change it. It'd be like, okay, that doesn't work. So I'd say, okay, uh, like we get, because you can't get to big magic unless you have a need to go there, the station. So I'd say, okay. You know, uh, we decided, like, uh, I don't know. We decided we needed to, I don't know, we needed some, there's some, so we're still stuck, which is fine. So you put it like, uh, we need something, we need a magic trick for some reason. So we go to big magic station and then a big magic station, you know, and you, you just start listing stuff and then also be writing dialogue and saying, okay, this character is going to say this. Like, so sometimes it'll be all on one page. Sometimes it'll be two competing lists with the dialogue and sometimes the dialogue's mixed in sometimes it's on one side sometimes it's on the other i'll also be looking for the in like what is the the in at the start of the episode with the pen pal is like a unrelated or like tangentially related thing magic so that would be easy one say okay magic tricks misdirection well like what am i going to talk to my pen pal about so then you just keep going through. And a lot of times, as I said, one of my keys to my process is personally is trying to find the questions. If, if you, if you got a question, if you don't know, you say, okay, well, why do we, okay. Like, and especially if you're closing it out, like uh, your time writing for the day, you know, you got to trust your subconscious. Be like, why do we need a magic trick? Underline, 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 irritating question mark, irritating question mark. You say, I don't know. And then the next day, maybe you know. And then if you get stuck, just start like write if you're like just start writing thirty reasons why you, why would you need a and you don't even need to put it in the story context. Like why would I need a magic trick uh, to impress someone, to confuse someone, uh, to please like a, a pro? Like what if I was at a retirement village and I needed to you know, or what if I was visiting a relative and uh, someone's last request. Uh, job, a job application, or I work at a magic shop, but I don't know any magic. Do they say, okay, wait, maybe that's what I could talk to my pen pal about. Okay, there you go. But that still doesn't answer the question, why do I need a magic trick? Um, then you say, maybe you should keep listening, or maybe you should write the dialogue for the pen pal thing, and then maybe something will come out of that, like a story. Oh, yeah, Pen Pal. I remember this time Phoebe Judge came into the magic shop, and then I didn't know it was a Phoebe Judge. And I don't know, something like that. And then, like, so that you're trying, you know, you're just trying to uncover the next question to be answered that'll hopefully, uh, it'll just keep you going. 
Uh, but for me internally, day five, then we get to day five of writing. That's when, and we'll talk about the times, but up until like it's, a, I try to write in, um, well, I'm trying to find a new strategy, but like normally I was writing on train. So 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon, and any other time I could squeeze in every day. And on the weekends, as soon as I'd wake up, like uh, ideally after I started drinking coffee, I'd just start writing. Uh, but at day five, that's when I start to feel pressure because I say, oh, boy, this isn't refined enough yet to make it through an episode. So then I would take my bullet point notes and try to make another circle and say, okay, what do we have now? And then ideally day five, you know, we're rolling a little bit more. So then I'm also made, as soon as I do a story structure, then I'm making another list and saying, or bullet points or, or a sequence of events and saying, okay. And then going back or write, just writing like sequentially or writing a scene and saying, okay, I know this is going to happen here. So how do we get there? Like with that Long Lost Buddies episode, I knew that we had to get to the episode of Long Lost Buddies. And I knew that it, the conf, like one of the conflicts would be like me and my nervousness and my perfectionism. And then another one would be the nun's pressure on me. So sometimes if you know, like you just, get, I, don't, I don't know, there's a different challenge each time, I guess, when you're doing this, as a lot of people know. So... That's day five, and hopefully at day five it's starting to come together, but probably not. And then day six comes, and day six is probably the same as day five. It's either picking up where I left off or starting it again, either starting a list or starting a story circle and then going to the list. Or if things are going well, writing some dialogue for the pen pal or going to scenes and saying, okay, what is in here? Um, but usually this, we're still like, uh, still not working. And this isn't to say that 50, like even those 30 minutes, I'm daydreaming, I'm getting nervous. I'm thinking about something else. Ideally, I'm just not checking my phone. So at least the only struggle for my focus, if I'm on a train is the, you know, the other passengers or my daydreams. Uh, but you know, so I don't know, but it's never going smooth. So don't let me give you the impression that it's ever going smooth. So those of you else that are trying to work on creative projects, you know, it's a struggle. It's it's a real, real struggle. Uh, but the biggest struggles are to do it every day uh, consistently for a little while and then to be focused. And like, so carving out the time that took takes three years, I mean, it takes a long time. People say you got to do something for whatever, 22 days. I think if you want to do, if you want to write something, I mean, 22 days is a good start, but like if you write for five minutes for 22 days, then write for six minutes for 22 days, then write for seven minutes for 22 days. Even after 66 days, it's going to be like, uh, it, it's just, a, that's why I say rigor. Cause that's, uh, and I don't know how I found it because I'm not a rigorous person normally. But the other challenge, once you have that space, is the, the mental space to focus on it. And believe me, that's still a huge battle for me. And when I think about the, the difference, one of the differences other than talent and intelligence and all those things, of someone that's doing it for a living, 
versus me who's kind of like in this in-between place of trying to do, you know, to trying to do it for a living or kind of part-time doing it is that focus. And not that like people would say, oh, well, that's why I'm successful because I'm so focused when I write. It's not something you're probably aware of, uh, or maybe they are. I mean, if you listen to John and Craig, they talk about stuff like that, maybe different vocabulary or uh, uh, related struggles, but they're pretty honest. Uh, That's why it's one of my favorite podcasts, Script Notes, things interesting, things about screenwriting and things interesting to screenwriters. Uh, But uh, uh, this, this episode's brought to you by Script Notes. Also script notes, not just scrib notes, but also scrib notes. It's a new notebook I'm selling for when you're scrib, you know, for scribbling. Scrib notes, the podcast about scribbling and things interesting to scribblers. Yeah, I should start that podcast. Scrib notes. Okay, so I got to keep an eye on time here. But so day six and day seven are more of like uh, trying to refine it and trying to get it uh, like a good idea of the sequence of events. And if it's going really well, then even the timing of events. So say, okay, Scoots, where can you go on tangents? So you have your pen pal tangent, and then you have this happens. And is there a tangent in there, or is it the next thing? Okay, is there a tangent in there? Uh, So then I just keep an eye on the time as I'm recording it, and say, okay, uh, let's, uh, we need about six minutes, or it's usually not that, but like, okay, so we're at 38 minutes. We still have three events. We're in great shape. Uh, we're at 38 minutes, and uh, I don't know how much meets in those two events. So this middle one, like, what are some details we can fixate on? Or what, what is, uh, how can we describe this? Or how was this character... Like, how can these characters have a long conversation about this? I mean, I don't ever, like, write down the times anymore, but I used to do that, like, yeah, three or four, five, uh, probably two years ago, a year and a half ago. Like, okay, this will take about ten minutes. Like, that way I just, like, I guess now I'm more better at eyeballing. I'd be like, okay, that should take ten minutes. If it doesn't, then we're in, like, uh, uh, but it's good, like, in space and with these different characters. And with this particular narrative voice, it gave me a lot of room because I could just use my thoughts uh, a lot of times. So, um, and then then we record day seven, uh, which was normally would be Thursday nights. Uh, the schedule did get messed up, a bit combination of events and procrastination, but would be normally like Wednesday night. I would like, I don't get home till late. So like Wednesday, by the time I got home and walked the dog in eight, it'd be like eight thirty PM. So I'd record from like eight thirty to like nine fifteen, nine thirty, which, so I just have time normally to do some of the administrative recording for like the teasers. Maybe normally I wouldn't even tell him to do a thank you. So then I do an opening and then the Antonio Banderas part. Then on Thursday, I'd probably do more like I do with the thank yous. And then I would record the episode because uh, it's not like there's a lot more. Just takes longer to record than, you know, what you, the whole idea is the podcast sounds uh, uh, whatever free and easy. But the making of it isn't really free and easy. But. Uh, I mean, t- like, so 
whatever, day seven we record, and then day one starts again the next day. So let's see, in summary, I guess I, like, uh, so Dan Harmon's story structure, that worked it worked great, and I'm going to be using it again, you know, because it's similar to Hero's Journey. I don't know, it's just a pathway. I said, let's keep, keep going with it. Uh, as far as just laying out, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I already like I just like it. I, I'm happy with that, and I'm also happy with this flip flopping I'm doing. Of like, okay, let's do a circle, then let's let's beat it. Like 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 let's do story beats or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, whatever bullet points or listing, and let's find our uh, pen pal thing. I guess the pen pal thing maybe is like a emotional latch for me to feel good too um like in total uncertainty of like i don't know how this episode's ever going to come together i can't tell you how many times i say that on like a wednesday or thursday or date whatever not on wednesday or thursday yeah i guess so like kind of thursday morning I'm like i don't know how i'm going to do this uh, but, but uh then it's like well it's going to be okay and i can kind of go like the pen pal especially starting out with it like gives me like this uh just a good way to start out you start out with like something reassuring and then you can build from there okay so that's dan Harmon's story structure i guess i won't uh, like uh, i wanted to talk about some changes though because i've had some changes in my commute and my schedule and i just want to talk about that real briefly for anybody else that's working on anything is that this is a struggle for everybody like uh if you're like struggling to find time and now I'm trying to find my, tr- my commute is going to change, not where, but how I'm commuting. And so now it's like, okay, I'm going to have to uh, go get up earlier and go somewhere and write uh, uh, because I'm not going to be commuting by train anymore. So, I mean, cause my, what happened was the car, let's see, I used to commute, but I still had to drive my daughter to school and the company that I was using, the car share company, I don't know if they went out a bit, whatever, they became unreliable and then they went out, like, then they were purchased or whatever, sold their, so I had to lease a car because I like electric Chevy Volt, by the way, uh, but I had to lease a car just because I didn't have any way, I had to get my daughter, you know, and it was a, it was like the exact same amount of money a month sharing a car versus leasing a car. But so now I don't have time to ride on the train anymore. So uh, the commute will say like I still have that time. Uh, so I just have, I'm gonna like go to a coffee shop and, and write. And actually, I think I'm gonna get somebody else that was uh, like say, hey, I'm gonna be writing here at these times these days if you want to go there. Because I have a friend that's like, well, trying to work on something. I say, okay, well, I'll be there writing. So if you want to show up and write at the same table as me, I know that's weird. Uh, but it's not that weird. So um, so we'll see how that goes. But it, it has been a struggle because it's just a change within four days I've had this car. Uh, but it has thrown things off. Now, the good thing is it was right. It just happened to be the timing was perfect with the transition to this next series. Uh, which I guess well, I'll just mention at the end as a payoff here is that we're going to do, it's not a season two of Superdoll, or I'm not sure it will be. It will be an episodic version of Superdoll. 
uh, probably span, I mean, spanning time frame. Uh, so it'll be leaping around. I mean, the, I'm only writing the first episode now and it's, uh, takes it to character backstory. So very superhero, like, I guess some tropes of superhero stories or shorthand or whatever. But so, cause those are characters that I know a lot of people liked. I liked them a lot. It's been hundreds of episodes, I think, uh, since we've heard from them. And it also fits in. I said, well, this could be episodic. Actually, when I decided to do it, I didn't even know that. Uh, I was just like, okay, I think we'll do Superdoll yet, but I don't have a story idea for an overarching story. And that's when I was having that internal debate about, should I just, what should I do? Should I just keep going with nuns in space indefinitely? And I mean, another thing about the indefinitely thing, I think 19 episodes is enough, like, uh, for, for a season. Like, I normally, like, shoot for, like, 14 to 16 and we'll probably be back to nuns in space sooner than later, uh, I think. But th- then I'm like, okay, it's also like that I'm doing Star Trek Next Generation. It just felt like uh, too, like, uh, like too blurred lines and maybe too much sci-fi because it's like, okay, well, I got to keep all the listeners in mind. I can't please everybody, but I got to do my best to make this uh, open-armed podcast. And, you know, there is a percentage of people that loathe space. I mean, it just is a fact. And, you know, earthbound humans that loathe space. I think it's 33% is the last uh, poll I saw. 33% of worldwide residents dislike space. Uh, the moon, you wouldn't believe this one either because it's made up, is that 25% of uh, humans dislike the moon. I never would have thought that. Until I just made it up, but you know, but that's a fact, you know, within my brain. Uh, so I think that's about it. Like as far as so, let's see, we covered uh, episodic series, uh, some of the things, dance structure, kind of how my process worked related to using that, kind of the schedule. That schedule can change. Trying to be focused versus. Um, I don't know. That's been hard, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, I guess I can close on that, too. Is like that has been something I've really been, like, uh, I'm trying to cut back on my hours at work, and um, I've realized, like, how much, uh, like, work the podcast takes. And as the podcast grows, you know, maintaining a community and being accessible and trying to promote the podcast. So those I can't let those things take away from the production of the podcast, but they're necessary for the sustainability of the podcast. And there are also things that are they, and interacting with the listeners is something I enjoy. Uh, promoting the podcast, uh, like I, I like talking to people. So, and it's like outside of my comfort zone. So it's a learning thing, and it's important, and it's nice to connect with other people. So. Um, what was my point? Why did I start talking about this? Oh, because I've learned like this focused idea of when you're writing being focused or when people talk about good bedtime hygiene or a good wake up hygiene. I don't think that's a thing is like, uh, that those times I spend on my phone, like looking at forums about things or reading the news 
Like when you when you say like so like I've like like I said when the train was going when I ride the train it's fifteen minutes because it's like a, a twenty minute train ride and it's you know like those two and a half minutes to sit down and take out my bag and stuff. Uh, but so, um, like lately in the past couple of days I've been just writing for ten minutes and then working on something else for ten minutes and then writing for ten minutes, and it's really hard. I mean, really, really hard. And you, you put that part of you that doesn't want to do it or wants to procrastinate saying, oh, this is so. But I mean, when I wake up and I look on my phone, 20 or 30 minutes will go by in a flash. And we're still, I'm still a human being, you know, so, but it's like trying to say, well, Jesus, like, uh, uh, I don't know when, again, when I think about, uh, uh, what it means to, 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 to do this and, uh, to reach a level of success where your projects are sustainable. Like there's no secrets and there's no clear way. And some people say, oh, that person had more this or that or they more talent or more opportunity or, you know, more. They were just a fad or it was a time they were at the right time. And sure, all those might be true. But this idea of focus and the idea of like, uh, geez, what are the things that are limiting me from being uh, not the best I can be, but like, uh, it get, I guess it goes back to that idea of Stephen Pressfield's like War of Art. Like, I haven't read that in a while, but like, if like, okay, well, this is my job to get this writing done first before I mess around on my phone. Of like at least seeing that you have a choice. That's still where I'm at. Like some mornings, I'm like, uh, I mean, usually I'm good about meditating, but then I'll be like, well, before I like exercise, let me work mess on my phone, or before I write, let me exercise. Like, so it's not easy uh, this stuff, and uh, so you should applaud yourself if you're out there trying. And if you're not there, it's because it's not easy. So you shouldn't beat yourself up about it. It's, uh, but at the same time, don't let that hold you back because it's like the only way to overcome it is just these slow, it's the most unglamorous thing, slow, consistent, steady work. Uh, I, I mean, we'll, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll make up for like uh, the lack of all that other stuff I said. I mean, obviously you've got to have some aptitude. I don't like the word talent. I like the word aptitude, which to me means... Like, uh, aptitude means you can have a high skill or whatever you would call talent. The more, like the time you spend practicing it, like it means your curve is like, it's like, okay, well you and Sammy Sam are both at 1.5, you know, whatever, uh, cheeseburg score of writing aptitude. But if, as you write, because you, you am writing whatever talent but as you write, you have this aptitude, so your curve shoots up with each hour you spend, a uh, cumulative hour, uh, versus uh, whatever we said, Sammy Sam's. And maybe even Sammy Sam started higher than you because they're super talented, and they come from a family of producers, and they went to great school, uh, but their upward curve is different uh so you have to have aptitude. I mean, I don't know if you have to have talent, but you do have to have aptitude, which is like, I guess, a latent talent maybe. Uh, but don't give up on, like, uncovering that fact because uh, the only way to uncover it is with the work. 
in the world right now really needs it, whether whatever the creative work or uh, like like a service-based work or whatever it is, you, like uh, we need it. Uh, well, we need a, a richer and more flourishing world to live in. Uh, you know, and that, that's, you know, it just may, I don't know. I guess that's about it. Uh, so thanks so much for listening to the podcast and this explorations of story and of my limitations and my aptitude, my potential and my personal quirks to say, like, these are the intangible benefits of the podcast for me is like, uh, uh, learning about my limits and, and, and uncovering an opportunity to say, well, I can, I can figure out this story stuff and it helps people fall asleep. And that, that's kind of what fuels, one fuels the other. It's like an honor. So thanks. Uh, all right. Good night. I'll say some thank yous for iTunes reviews. If you want to review the show, go to sleepinmepodcast.com slash iTunes. Rebecca MF, uh, where have you been all my life? I just now became a subscriber because of my thankfulness. But here's my honest review. I, I a thousand percent back this podcast before I found it took me a long time to fall asleep. I woke up for, for several times during the night since I started listening. I kid you not, I've never made it to any of the ends of the podcast. I'm out like a light before it ends. Uh, sleeping the night through, awake each morning, feeling awake, so thankful I stumbled upon it. I had to share, and I should have started with this. It's free on iTunes. Thanks, Rebecca. Uh, how about Cookie Bird? With a K, my go. Do you spell? Co- I guess you can only. It would be cookie with a C. My go-to sleeping aid. Yes, yeah, yes, it's boring. Yes, it's repetitive. Yes, it's weird, and that's why it consistently helps me fall asleep. Almost monotone with no sound effects and a randomly random story are perfect ingredients for engaging the requisite thirty percent of my mind. No room for those troublesome thoughts that historically have kept me awake. If I wake during the night, it's just the same. I start the episode again. And in a few minutes, I'm back to sleep. Thank you, Scooter. Thank you, Cookie Bird. I wonder, does Cookie Bird live in an old gum tree and laugh the life of free? Laugh, Cookie Bird. Hey, that's just a song from my, my youth. How about Beach Girl, uh, but without an A? So like Beach Gum. Uh, Beach Girl says, wow, what a community service. I tried several times to describe this podcast to friends, but you just got to be there. Love you, Scooter. Thanks, Beach Girl. Love you back. Uh, this one comes in all the way from Sweden. La Kitta. La Kitta. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. That's French anyway. It's just being silly, but it actually works. I have these past few months been listening to podcasts before work days and nights when my mind is stirring. Don't know how, but this podcast absolutely works. Makes me fall asleep within 20 minutes instead of a normal one to two hours, some nights less than 10. Mileage may vary, but for me, Metastin's News and Trending Tuesday work best. I also love the host as a gem of person. Thank you. Kind and friendly and non-discriminatory. Discriminatory and general good. Thanks. Thanks to like it. Uh, I've yet to hear an entire episode. That comes from Pauly. Uh... I'm not sure what the, the eat like, uh, uh, it means sincerely when I say you've yet to make it through an entire episode. Thanks, Paulie.
And this is close to one of my f favorite authors, Murakami. Here's Murakami. Oh, Miri, Mirimaki. Of course, I miss. I'm actually dyslexic, so. A genius. I have trouble falling asleep. Mind races too much as others have experienced. Music can make this worse. I started listening at night because I realized the droning sound of conversation would put me to sleep, but I'd always be upset realizing I missed the podcast, uh, which is usually something I'm interested in, so I'd have to start it up again where I left off. This podcast eliminates that problem, uh, simply being about, well, nothing really. Scooter's monotone voice is perfect, and I can allow myself to pass out with peace without worrying about missing anything good. Thanks. Thanks, Miramaki. Mira, Mira. Imaki, Mira Imaki. Uh, thanks to everybody for the iTunes reviews. Uh, some thank yous over on YouTube to Reginald Wildman, Dr. G, Susan C, Charlie I, uh, Dara, uh, Emma, Emma L, Emma W, Depec Back Emma, how about that? JX, uh, Nico didn't like the podcast. Jad, thank you. Random uh, film, thanks. One-eyed. Uh, Pink penguin, thanks. Lisa S. Oh no, Lisa S. doesn't like the that either. Uh, Jesse S. Thank you. Sam B. Christina U. Charlie I. Trenton C. Uh, the sleepy sleep. Uh, Omni. Uh, Jad. Bob. Thank you. Uh, Jonathan C, Abby N, Sway, thanks Sway, Luna, uh, Johanna B, uh, hey there, Natalie X, thank you, Kimberly K, thank you, Diego, thank you, Justin, thank you, Susan, thank you again, NJD Ninja, Occupy Your Mind, thanks, Thomas R., Soapy Mirror, thank you. Jacob G, BTS, uh, Dragons S, and Arnold. Uh, thanks, everybody, and uh, good night.